the Hawks know what they got to figure out. You got to find a way to win two in a row. You know, that's, that's just what it is. We've been winning one, losing one for a minute now. So we got to figure out a way to win two in a row. That's all, that's all we got to think about. Welcome to The Hawks Report, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Lauren Williams, the host of The Hawks Report and the beat reporter here at the AJC. And we're trying to figure out what the Hawks are trying to figure out, or at least how they're trying to do it. <laughs> Obviously, we're joined by trusty handy dandy producer Daniel Salerson today. And we're going to try and analyze how it, how this Hawks team can try and get multiple wins in a row, especially with the season, the regular season, really winding down. There are only four more games left at the time of recording this podcast. So... It'll be interesting to see how this team continues to figure out ways to string multiple wins, not games, multiple wins together. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever it is you guys get your podcasts. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, where Daniel and I are covering Team Snip Snap. <laughs> Team Snip Snap. <laughs> Team Snip Snap. I bring that up because, uh, you know, they have they haven't won more than two games or been fewer than two games below or above 500 or whatever it is since January 2nd or January or whatever it is. It's It's crazy to think that this team is just alternating between being above 500, getting to 500, being below 500, getting back to 500. So Daniel had a really funny uh, tweet <laughs> after I uh, tweeted out about them keeping the streak alive. Um, he had a tweet from the office uh, with Michael Scott going snip, snap, snip, snap. So yeah, don't watch, don't watch this Hawks team too long because you never know which direction they're going to go. It's amazing because obviously they're not trying to do this, but it's been so long that the streak has gone on that you're like, what is going on? And I think some of it too is the way the NBA schedule is for the Hawks. They keep going home, road, home, road. So Mm -hmm. they are taking advantage of being at home for the most part and not doing well on the road. And that's kind of leading to it, but it's, Mm -hmm. they get confident after one win, it looks great. And then they get on the road or they, their next game. And it's just like everything that they did well, they don't do well in the next game. So what's uh, not scary, but you look at tonight's game against the Chicago bulls. Mm -hmm. This is one that they can't snip snap. Like this could drop them down to 10 um, with a loss to Mm -hmm. Chicago. 
because they're just one game behind the Hawks and Raptors for eighth. And if you get in 10th, then you're going to have to go back to Chicago, most likely, or even Toronto at 8-9 and face them in the first game of the play-in. And if you are in the 9-10 game, you lose one and you're done. Mm -hmm. And so the consistently inconsistent team, as Trey Young mentioned in the open, they got to try to find a way to win two in a row. And it's just been amazing that it's been like this and how even they are, not only in just the record, but they're averaging 118.1 points mm -hmm. per game and they're allowing 118.1 points per game. It's like every single thing, as you talked about last week, is mid. Yeah. They are mid. <laughs> and it's it it's unbelievable. Yeah, Team Snip Snap, though, is, is quite appropriate for this team right now. What's funny is um, you mentioned how even they are. It's just like in almost everything. You mentioned the amount of points that or their offensive rating, excuse me, and then you'd mentioned their defensive rating. And then John Hollinger actually had a really funny tweet. Well, not funny, but <laughs> he mentioned they're now 39 and 39, which of course everybody knew, but they've scored 9,209 points while allowing 9,210 points. They're 24 and 24 against Eastern Conference teams. They're 15 and 15 against Western Conference teams. And they've been within one game of 500 for 72 consecutive days so it's just like obviously yes offensive rating but the even even just like the amount of total points that they've scored versus the amount that they've given up is completely even they like, are an average team it's I just all year long it's been, <laughs> and, it, and i think what everyone pays attention to is that no one thinks this team should be an average know. team just the way mm -hmm. the roster is constructed. But again, it's just been, whether it's been Nate, whether it's been Prunty, whether it's been Quinn, mm -hmm. it's all been the same. And that's no knock on Quinn because I do think you are seeing some changes with him as the head coach. Mm -hmm. But it all starts with the players. And um, I think they showed a lot in the win against Dallas on Sunday to hang in there, even though they almost, again, blew a double-digit lead. But at the same time, they figured out how to win at the end and that has shown some growth from this team. And I think Quinn Snyder has noticed that, um, especially in the ways that they've won the last few games. Yeah, I think one of the big things is that we can see them battle through, quote unquote, adversity. I know that's a cliche that a lot of just athletes, coaches like to use whenever they're talking about competing. But I think what's funny about this team is that they clearly have a game plan, right? And you can see that when they start to stray away from set game plan is when things seemingly go wrong. And what what's amazing about their growth is that when they realize that they're straying away from the game plan, they make that adjustment and get back and you see good things happen. And in the games where things don't necessarily work out the way that Hawks fans, the team, would like it to to work out which is obviously in a win it's because they are either too in their heads and they get how do I you can see them hang their heads you can see it in the body language they're not making that adjustment and then it just spirals from there and it goes in that cycle of okay well they don't execute on defense and because they don't execute on defense it translates into their offense their shots don't fall when that doesn't happen, then they don't get back in time and the team absolutely burns that their opponent absolutely burns them on the other end. And so I think the biggest thing with this team is 
just making sure that they they like to say they want to stay even keeled. But where we where fans want to see them remain balanced is in their mental approach to the game and not necessarily, you know, if the game plan goes off the rails. That's okay because that, that'll happen. Sometimes you plan for things, your opponent adjusts and you have to you have to go from there. You can't you have to have your plan A, plan B, plan B, plan C, plan D, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's kind of how, you know, if we're going off of what Trey Young mentioned in the tease at the top of the show, that's kind of how they have to figure out how to string multiple wins together. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I feel like it kind of came together in the Dallas win on their approach with Luka. Um, obviously, Kyrie did his thing. And look, they mm-hmm. scored over 60 plus points. And you're probably thinking, how is that successful when it comes to allowing their backcourt to put up over 60? Well, for Luka's numbers and for Luka's circumstances, he had a pretty rough night. 8 of 21 mm-hmm. from the field, 3 of 12 from downtown. I think they were able to figure out Luka in a way where Kyrie yeah, was able to go off. But mm-hmm. it's okay if one of them goes off. You just can't have both of them go mm-hmm. off. And then you can't have one of their supporting guys go off. And I feel like they were able to do that mm-hmm. on Sunday night. So definitely um, props to them. Props to... Um, you mentioned it, and you asked a great question to Quinn about Sadiq Bay and mm-hmm. what he was able to do against Luka Doncic. Trey Young mentioned how they were able to kind of limit Luka and force him into some really tough shots, including the the last shot at the end that would have been the game winner, a tough kind of corner three that mm-hmm. almost went into, even though it was <laughs> a crazy shot by Luka. Um, so I, I just think them doing that showed the growth as far as you talk about game plan discipline. Yeah, I mean, Quinn said it best at the end of the game as well. And and here's what he had to say about this team, you know, being disciplined against the Mavericks and hopefully for the rest of the stretch in the regular season. For all of us, you know, every game, because the games themselves are different, you know, guarding, you know, having two guys on the floor and Kyrie and Luca that can make plays. And I thought our guys did a great job of, you know, their game plan discipline in a lot of different situations. And um, we haven't had a game that's required that as much as tonight did um, with those two guys being able to both make plays. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's kind of what I mentioned before. It's making sure that you, even though, yes, you have that game plan, you're making the adjustments along the lines of the game plan, not necessarily going left, <laughs> completely left from from whatever it is that the scouting report kind of mentions. And, and I think that's one of the things that we've seen this team struggle with is that they just go so far away from it that when it it's time for you to kind of make your way back toward that, it's it's hard, and that's where we see that frustration come up, especially in situations, too, where the whistle isn't going their way. You kind of want to see them stick to what it is they were prepared to do. And so, obviously, when you think about how this team has just been so up and down and inconsistent, it's it's hard to imagine that this upcoming game against <laughs> Chicago will uh, have as much discipline, but you you still hope that that they do, especially because of the dynamics that they're going to have in Zach Levine and and Demar Derozan and, and and some of the rest of the other guys on that team. Obviously, they're going to be prepping really well to how do I say 
try and limit these guys. But with Chicago, unlike Dallas, I just, it's hard to see how well this matchup will go, especially because they're going to be in similar circumstances to the Hawks where they're not coming off of a back-to-back. And yeah, (laughs) they're going to be just as, they're going to be maybe even more well-rested than the Hawks because they'll be back home on their turf and their beds and, and all of that sort of stuff. So that discipline of not straying too far away from what they were prepped to do is going to be really important. And their backcourt, or I mean, I guess DeMar DeRozan is considered a forward, but still a backcourt of DeRozan, Levine, they had 67 mm-hmm. points in the win against Memphis. They looked good mm-hmm. um, against the Grizzlies later on in the game. They really adjusted. They were down early and were able to come back and win by 21 against a, a really good Grizzlies team. And yeah, it's just a unique team with well, Vucevic who can spread mm-hmm. the floor a little bit as well. So that's where the game plan discipline and, and how you handle him when he goes beyond the arc. He only attempted two threes in the win against Memphis on Sunday, but still a guy that can shoot from outside, plus the rebounding. I mean, Atlanta did really mm-hmm. good rebounding against Dallas, and that was a key factor in the win. But Vucevic had 10 rebounds against Memphis. I just think, again, they're, they're a team that's clicking on all cylinders right now. It's, it was a team earlier in the year that, you know, there was some talk about, I mean, they might not even make the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of a disappointing season for Billy Donovan and his crew because of the talent they had. They got Patrick Beverly, kind of that veteran mm-hmm. presence that can definitely get under your skin, which is something else that they'll have to deal with tonight against Chicago. Um, Alex Caruso mm-hmm. is, a, is a gritty guy that can get in your, your face defensively and still can be a threat offensively. It's a solid team. Desumo, it's a team that... I, yeah. The Sonmo has been somebody who has burned the Hawks. I mean, he was the one that got that putback yeah. uh, layup in, um, what was it, January? Right. For that win at the buzzer. So it's like, this is a gritty team. And the interesting thing is the matchups that that Quinn Snyder will have to think about when it comes to tonight's game against the Bulls. I mean, who, obviously, we're going to expect Beverly to be on Trey tonight. I think, I mean, especially because they have to also wonder who who do they put on DeRozan? Is that a Sadiq matchup? Yeah. <laughs> um, Might have to be. So, yeah. So it's it's gonna be tough for this team because they don't have DeAndre Hunter. I I even though he has been listed as day to day moving forward with that um strain in his his knee, his left knee, it, it it's you know, he is I know offensively he's been very up and down for this team, but for the most part, he's been one of their most solid defenders. And so it's it's going to be a tough task for this team matchup-wise just because, yeah, they put Sadiq on Luka on, on Sunday afternoon, but I think that was just a unique scenario where body-wise, obviously, they, they match up well. And so Sadiq didn't give... Luka Doncic that much space in in how he tried to bump his defender, which is Sadiq, off of him. But Demar is just a little bit of a different player, definitely much more crafty, and um, we know how quickly he can can get get in the lane. And so it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah. So you know we talk about how crucial this game is going to be for both teams tonight. I mean, this is kind of like a, a play in preview um, based on what we could see here in a week or so um, with these two teams. So it's kind of a good experience for the Hawks in this situation, being on the road in a playoff like atmosphere, like the United center 
um, that this is going to be a nice little test for them to get them primed up for what's happening next week since they did basically clinch a play-in berth uh, being four games up or five games up with just four to go. So um, another test for this team. And like Trey mentioned at the beginning, got to win two in a row. And this is the perfect time to buck the trend of what's happened the last three months now and get a, a gritty win on the road against a really good Bulls team. Exactly. And I think, you know, we've seen this Hawks team compete hard against the Bulls before. And I think their matchup against them toward the end of January should not have been an indicator, I guess, of of what kind of team this this Hawks roster is. We know that they're a lot more talented. We know they believe they're a lot more talented than their record shows. And so now is the time that we we see them kind of, as you said, buck this trend of win one, lose one, win one, lose one. <laughs> so snip snap. Um, snip snap. Um, so yeah, so it'll be interesting to again see how they they come out of the gate i think that's a good indicator of kind of how this team might perform down down the stretch even granted they did start off really well against brooklyn <laughs> and that we saw how that ended yeah. but um yeah i think i think the good thing is that they didn't have sadiq bay uh when they faced the bulls in january and now they do and so uh, I, I think the other thing, too, is that they also didn't have Onyeka Okongu in that matchup. Remember, he, he'd he been out with a, a minor injury. So now they have him, and he has been absolutely tearing up the offensive glass. So he'll be able to come in and give Clint Capella plenty of support. Um, as you remember, they didn't really have as strong of depth when they faced the Bulls especially like I mentioned, Onyeka was out. They were were relying on Frank Kaminsky. And uh, now they have a little bit more depth in that front court. So hopefully that is what will kind of be the X factor that's needed for them to match up against the Bulls a little bit better um, tonight. So we don't want to talk here off too much. We have to take a break. Uh, This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze tropical beach an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise a drive to daytona beach will actually get you there beach on plan your trip today at daytonabeach.com in atlanta one voice has stood out for over four decades an ajc original the monica pearson show let's talk about how you got to espn revealing interviews you are known as america's doctor But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I wanted to thank everyone who has subscribed to the AJC and AJC.com because you guys are what make all of this possible. If you haven't joined our community yet, we do have a special deal available right now for listeners of this podcast. You can get unlimited digital access to everything that the AJC has to offer for the next three months for just 99 cents. 
That's all of our stories on the AJC, our e-paper, as well as our newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from our legendary columnist, Mark Bradley. That's just 99 cents for the next three months. So you can, you can take advantage of this offer by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. So I think one of the, the things that I've noticed about Team Snip Snap is that when John Collins is having a really good shooting night, it bodes really well for this team. And when he's not, it bodes poorly. <laughs> so I just looked at, you know, his shooting numbers for this year. And obviously it hasn't been his strongest. He On the season, he's shooting 28.2% from three. But over the last eight games, last nine games, he's shooting over 40% <laughs> on, on about four attempts per game. And so when you look at those numbers, anytime he makes at least, you know, two threes, it's, it usually is a good indicator that that is going to be a good night for the Hawks and, and that it, it'll win. So when you look at the ni- last nine games, the, the Hawks beat Golden State. Obviously, that was at home, and he knocks down four of seven shots from three. They lost the next game in San Antonio. He was one of four. And so it kind of just continues. That trend just continues throughout the, the, the next seven of those games. And when you look at Sunday night's win over the Mavericks, he was four for six. I mean, through the third quarter, he was four for four. He was perfect from three. So... You know, he understands himself that it's been very much an up and down year. And he kind of alludes to, not even alludes, he he outright says that in not getting the ball as much as he has in the past, he hasn't been able to, to get into a rhythm. And that's something that we've noticed, you and I, Daniel, for pretty much most of the season, that whenever he doesn't quite get the right amount of touches or the perfect amount of touches, whatever that is, he kind of falls out of a rhythm. And so, Daniel, when you watch John, what do you notice about him being kind of a rhythm player? Yeah, we talked about this, as you mentioned, at the beginning of the year. And just from what I noticed, and I don't know if it's really changed with Quinn or not, but it just seems like he's in the wrong positions uh, some mm-hmm. of the time. I think sometimes he waits too much from beyond the arc. I'm not saying he's a you know, terrible three-point shooter. You, you showed the numbers that he's not great this year, but has been better of late, so it's been pretty inconsistent from him. But I just don't think they really have an idea of how to utilize him the best way possible. He kind of can do a little bit of everything, but I don't know if there's really one thing that he's really absolutely good at that they're not taking advantage of. Yeah. Like his post-up game is not really ideal. Mm-hmm. Again, his shooting from the perimeter is is okay. Mid-range is okay, too. I think he's athletic, though, and I think maybe using him more in pick-and-roll opportunities could be best suited for him, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that's really what they want to do with him. I know him and Young and Capella are kind of the two pick-and-roll guys mm-hmm. that really seem to thrive off of one another. I just don't think they've been able to utilize John to his abilities, and I think that's why you're seeing 
him not get into a rhythm. I think sometimes he takes shots again because he hasn't shot in a while. And mm-hmm. that's just like a lot of the other guys on this team. And you talk about when they when they get away from what they should be doing, it's because of that where, okay, I haven't taken a shot in a while. I'm going to go take mine mm-hmm. or I'm open right now. I'm, I'm going to take this shot. So I think that's what I've been seeing with John. Uh, I'm not sure what you've been seeing, but I, I feel like it's just, again, not really knowing what to do with him on the offensive side. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of basically it we've talked about how on some in some games it feels like John's place in this rotation can be a little bit and I don't want to say redundant so to speak but he and Capella have so many qualities that kind of match up and 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 sometimes you see in situations where you know Trey does try to look for John down low but Clint's right there as well and he ends up getting that oop and he goes for the dunk or he goes for the layup or or whatever it is and and so it, it's just really really interesting to see how this team will continue to try and find ways to to use John but like I said he acknowledges that he hasn't been able to get into a rhythm and here's what he had to say on and how it's affected his shooting when I asked him about it. Uh, it's been up and down for sure you know I feel like you know I haven't been getting the shot attempts that I would normally get to sort of just keep rhythm. Uh, so it's been a little bit of an adjustment for me, just being, uh, having to be locked in and be ready to shoot as I am now. Um, but once I find that rhythm, uh, I feel like for me it's just staying in the gym. Um, and I put that on myself and trying to get more reps. And, um, you know, I consider myself a perfectionist. So just trying to uh, perfect my craft and leave it at that. Go out there and shoot. So... I've seen him in the gym working with Kyle Korver, which I think has been a huge reason why we've seen a little bit of that that uptick in his shooting. And so obviously you want to see him continue to get those uh, attempts from three because when he he's on, it's it's kind of what helps the Hawks have that balanced scoring that Quinn Snyder talked about after Sunday's win over the Mavericks. It feels like you just, it's a good feeling um, because so many guys contributed and in so many different ways. So it's, it's good to see to have a total team effort, as they say, and you know, no truer time than tonight that we needed it. Yeah. So when you looked at that win over the Mavericks, you know, all five starters were in double digits. And then you had guys like Okongu and, and Bogdanovich also in double figures. So I think the the key is for this team to win, they do have to have balanced scoring and it cannot just fall on on Trey and DeJounte and, and Bogey coming off the bench or or Onyeko Kongu. And so I think that's obviously going to be part of their game plan is just making sure that they're moving the ball. And you alluded to it perfectly, actually, uh, a few minutes ago when you said, when people don't have that, the, the touches that they need to get into a rhythm, you start to see that iso ball, you start to see that hero ball. And obviously, that's when the game plan kind of starts to fall apart. Yeah, I think that's where when it comes to these last four, when it comes to the play in and potentially the playoffs, that's where this team is going to kind of have to try to get over that mm-hmm. mindset and think more as a team. And I'm not trying to call them all selfish. It's a natural feeling to have, mm-hmm. um, especially when there's so many capable guys that can put the ball through the hoop, is that you want them to have that confidence. You want them to keep their rhythm. But it's kind of 
more of doing that at the right time. If there is someone that has the hot hand, you got to find ways to keep giving it to them mm-hmm. um, because then the defense is going to change. Then those other guys that are maybe lacking the touches will probably get theirs because the focus will be turning their attention to the guy that was uh, scoring a lot during that, that span of time. So I, I think it's if you stick to that game plan, the game plan and discipline, mm-hmm. if you stick to what Quinn Snyder wants on offensively, because again, it, it all changes based on the defense that you're playing, then I, I think this team could be really good. But like you mentioned, and what we've talked about is it kind of steers away when things go wrong in an instant, even if it's just a quick run by the other team. Mm-hmm. I think the Hawks feel like they have to get everything back in such a short amount of time. It's a long game. Mm-hmm. You, we've seen how many losses they've had when they've led by 10 or more, which is it's 13 plus, but they've mm-hmm. also had 30 plus wins when leading by 10 or more. So in over half their games, they've held double digit leads, but they've also been down double digits in a lot. And I feel like once they do that, it's such an uphill climb um, that they get away from what they were doing well mm-hmm. earlier in the ball game. So I think if they can kind of come together and realize, you know, if, if Trey's, the one with the hot hand, keep feeding Trey. If it's DeJounte, uh, make sure they get the ball to DeJounte. It seems like we haven't really consistently had DeJounte and Trey had good games together, mm-hmm. what it seems like in the last few. Um, we saw in, in Brooklyn where DeJounte was the one that was playing well. Trey kind of struggled offensively. I think on Sunday, you did see both of them play very well, combining for 49 points. So if you can get more consistency from your backcourt, them doing well at the same time, I think this bodes well for the Hawks here in the the final stretch. For sure. And I think part of that is not succumbing to the pressure of trying to live up to the expectations that we as the public have set for them. They have set for themselves. The front office has set for this roster. And so obviously they know that they're not in the position that they were expected to be at the beginning of the season. And um, here's what John Collins had to say about making sure that they're handling that pressure the right way and and doing the right things to actually, you know, make sure that they they get the end result or have a good spot in the playoffs should they, you know, have to compete in the play in. Not should. <laughs> they will be competing in the play in regardless, but you know what I'm trying to say. You know, for me, I uh I try to convert that energy into to um to energy for our team, right? Um all the all the fans, all the excitement uh, all of the extra the eyes that come with us being in this this race, it just feels like the playoff atmosphere that I'm sort of used to at this point, and I try to just take it, take it and approach it with that with that mentality. Um, you know, every game is more meaningful now with with the playing, and you know, just puts more emphasis on us to go out there and have to do what we do every night. But again, it's it's just about respecting each team you have in front of you, understanding game plan, and um, not not thinking about the stakes and trying to stay in the moment. Yeah, I mean, not not falling into the pressure doesn't necessarily mean that they're not watching the standings because of course they're they're watching that, but you know, they're not going to let it get too too far in their heads and they're just they just have to kind of take things one game at a time and um obviously that's that's difficult. You you your human nature is to look far ahead, but um here's what Trey Young has said on, you know, if he has been looking at the standings. I think everybody's different. I think everybody handles situations different. Me personally, I look at the standards all year. I'm always watching basketball, so I'm, I'm hopefully, I mean, just making sure we got to take care of our business, and then uh, I'm always watching games and seeing what everybody's doing. So everybody handles it different. Some guys don't like watching it, and they get away from it. So and that and that helps them. So we all handle it differently. Yeah, I think 
I think that's the key is just making sure that you're handling it how it best suits you as a person. And it it seems as though Trey tries to use it to fuel him. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, obviously, but if I'm just kind of analyzing or, or, or thinking through what he just said, uh, that's kind of what comes to mind is that he he tries to use it to, to fuel it. And that's kind of what John alluded to as well. It's just channeling the energy into doing what this team needs you to do. Yeah, and I think, you know, maybe the mindset changes a little bit this week. I, I know there's still pressure, but you've clinched a play-in berth. You're going to be playing games next week no matter what. I think maybe the only little pressure is is whether you're playing in the 7-8 game or the 9-10 game. And I mm-hmm. do think that this team, obviously, and I think they want to try to do that, is get into that 7-8. Again, there's more margin for error. Mm-hmm. You're going on the road in the first game, but you also have that wiggle room where if you lose, you get to host a game mm-hmm. in order to get the 8 seed. And you don't want to think like that. But at the same time, with this team alternating wins and losses, what seems like for the last few months, that's kind of the trend that um, they've been doing. So... When you look at these next four, obviously Chicago tonight is going to have huge implications on that. And then you're back home on a back to get back against Washington, who's been eliminated, I believe, from playoff contention or yep. playing contention. And then it's going to be interesting the rest of the week with Philly and Boston or Boston and Philly based on where they're at in the standings. Boston could be locking up, you know, the two seed. Philly could be locking up their seating as well. Who knows how they'll approach, especially if the Hawks are one of the teams that they'll face in the first mm-hmm. round. How much are you going to show in that final game if both teams have locked up kind of that seating? So this could be a big week for the Hawks and taking advantage of teams that might not have a ton to play for. Mm-hmm. But also that doesn't mean that the Hawks can cruise because they've we've seen from this team that they have lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to, i.e. the Spurs, the Hornets, the Magic, etc., so taking care of business is something they have to do. But when you look at the standings, Toronto has to go to Boston twice in the last mm-hmm. four games and end with Milwaukee. The Bulls still have the Bucks to go. Yeah. Um, again, the, the schedule aligns a little bit where you could be catching these tough two teams in Philly and Boston at the right time in the last final games of the season where they do sit some guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Hawks have to take every game as an approach of these are must-win games. And if you don't take care of tonight, it just gets a lot more difficult to even get into that 7-8. So obviously that needs to be their goal. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be tough to get to Miami because they're going to lose the tiebreaker there. They're down mm-hmm. two games to them with four to go. Mm-hmm. But to stay in eighth should be their goal for the week. And then that bo- that gives you a little wiggle room come to play in next week. If you do lose to Miami, you can come home and still get into the playoffs with a win against the winner of the 9-10 game. For sure. And looking at the remaining strength of schedule... Um, For these last four games, the Hawks have the fourth toughest strength of schedule uh, with obviously their game against Boston and Philly. And then the easiest opponents, so to speak, being the Wizards and and the Bulls. But I think they know better than anyone that no, (laughs) no opponent is easy, um, as we've seen throughout this season. So they they've got a they've got to make sure that they continue following the game plan, being disciplined as, you know, Quinn Snyder has said many times throughout his short tenure here in Atlanta and I I still think regardless of how everything shakes out, um Snyder has gotten a lot of how do you say, material 
uh, for this eva- evaluation period and and hopefully what he wants to to use to kind of build this team next season, this off season. So I don't know. I think the the Hawks continue to be at a very interesting point in this history of the franchise. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, buckle up. These last four are certainly going to be um, all the above as far as the emotions, mm-hmm. the nerve-wracking, the exciting, the what team's going to show up. Can they finally get two in a row? Um, all that's going to be in their heads, fans' heads, um, everything. So uh, I'm looking forward. This is a fun week, especially with the yeah. with the play-in and how it's played out, not only in the Eastern Conference, but how Western. jumbled the West is yes. between 5 and 12. Ooh. Um, it's getting crazy there too. So this is going to be a lot of fun this this last week. I'm certainly going to enjoy it as a basketball fan. Yeah, we'll be right here watching it with the rest of you guys. So until next week, when Daniel and I will be talking about playing games, this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze tropical beach pina colada you can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise or better yet you can point your car toward daytona beach and come experience the real thing visit daytonabeach.com to discover all there is to see do and enjoy along the world's most famous beach daytona beach florida beach on hip-hop is a product of black people it's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.